Welcome to the Earn Your Edge podcast. I'm Corey Lumberg from Altus Performance. And given recent events, we're hoping to offer a bit more humor and entertainment with our episode this week. Our guest is the man behind our favorite golf memes account, Travis Miller of PJ Memes with a half a million followers on Instagram. We'll assume you know him. He's attracted a huge following of golfers who look to him when they need a laugh, often at the expense of our favorite golfers. And it's a bit of a departure from our normal guests, but surprisingly, some of the same themes pop up as he describes building an audience and his creative process. And really, for us, was a fascinating look at the mechanics behind building up a social media account into what could be a full-time job and viable business. Cam also gets Travis to share some of the fallout that he's experienced from going a bit too hard or crossing a line with some players and what happens when he actually has to face them in person and how some of those interactions have gone. Again, a little bit different for us, but we all need a good laugh and we're thankful to have the entertainment offered by Travis and hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Earn Your Edge podcast with Cameron McCormick and Travis Miller of PGA Memes. The Total Golf Trainer line of products are designed to provide instant feedback for golfers of all skill levels to help solve a wide variety of swing issues. And we haven't really seen an issue that it can't solve from path issues to improving club face control and even body mechanics. Pretty much any issue that you have, the Total Golf Trainer can help. The 3.0 kit is the first multi-tool training aid that is completely custom to your golf swing with the easy-to-use adjustable training rods that can be attached to your club or your body, and you can increase or decrease the difficulty level so anyone from juniors to beginners to pros will all benefit. We've enjoyed getting creative to find all the different ways that we can use the Total Golf Trainer, and they've got some great videos on their website that show it in use. So to learn more and watch those videos on how to improve your game with the Total Golf Trainer, visit TotalGolfTrainer.com or find them on social media at Total Golf Trainer. But now on to our episode. We'd be hard pressed to find a golf fan that's not following you and your humor beat on the memes account, hiss a lot or hack patrol or quite frankly, any others that I'm unaware of. And I'd imagine a pretty common point of curiosity people have when scrolling through their Instagram feed is who is PGA memes, but your identity was hidden for so long. So the question I have is when and why did you decide to reveal your true identity? And when I ask that question, it kind of like feels like I'm asking Clark Kent why he told everyone he's Superman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm quite on that level. But I, you know what's funny is I I uh, didn't really think about not revealing who I was and it just kind of became a thing. People are like, who is this? Is it a caddy? Is it someone tied to a tour player? You kind of seem like you know a lot of intel and some things that are going on. And Although, be it that I am connected to some of these guys, and I also get fed a lot of information from either, you know, the players, the caddies, the players' wives. You know, it just kind of became a thing. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to make it a thing. I'm going to make this thing mysterious and just have fun with it. And then we hit a a big milestone, quarter million followers. And that's kind of when I just was like, hey, let's just make a fun video, bring a lot of pros in, a lot of... uh, pro athletes in other spaces like, you know, action sports or NFL. Let's have them do some fun videos like I am PJ memes or I am not memes. At the end, I'm kind of like, Hey, we're all PJ memes. We just want to have fun and golf and have a good time. And then after that, I kind of slowly started bringing in myself to the page and yeah, here I am. So, so it wasn't under pressure of sponsors saying you've got to reveal your true identity. Yeah, no, none of that. No, I just, uh, for me at the end of the day, I had a bigger picture with this, this page and this platform Mm -hmm. and I knew Ultimately, I had to probably put my face in front of it, but I just kind of chose to not put the cart before the horse. I'm like, hey, let's just do this thing. Let's let's put some fun content together and grow it and go from there. Yeah. Well, growing it and putting fun content, it's certainly something you've delivered on. 
And now we know you as Travis Miller. What I want to know is how much overlap there is between you as a person, like everyday guy hanging with your buddies versus what shows up on the PJ memes account or any of other social initiatives. Yeah. I mean, a lot. I'm, I have a dry sense of humor. Just like anybody, I think golf is a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it, it, and you, you experience that in private settings. You know, if we went and we played a round of golf with two other guys or girls, like we're always going to probably joke and play with each other. There's going to be different things that we do that are good or bad or ugly on the course. And mm-hmm. so you usually jab at those people face to face or in private moments. I just kind of choose to see some of that humor and put it on a bigger platform. And you know, some of the tour players make bigger mistakes and in, in a bigger setting. And, you know, I look at that and I use it as a, a mean of media to like share some of those updates or thoughts, you know, like Brooks yesterday was in a press conference and said kind of some silly things. And, you know, it's just kind of opportunities that, that come up that it's like, all right, here's some images and things I can throw together that relate to the average golfer that everyone can relate with and have some fun. Yeah. And to your point, you're playing with your buddies, guys, girls, whatever they may be. And the situations that we find ourselves in on the golf course, they're kind of conducive to some good humor and some banter going back and forth. And it's not like it doesn't happen when the guys are on the range or the girls are on the range or in the locker rooms or on the golf course. They're making fun of themselves. They're making fun of situations on the golf course. And what you're doing is you're just giving life to it to a broader audience. So I get it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, it's been interesting to see, like, obviously, the greater good of golfers is going to be higher handicaps for people just enjoying the game, you know, with friends and family. So, you know, they relate. But as I've met more of the pros and been around some of the events, it's been nice to see how receptive they are to a lot of things I do. I've had a lot of them tell me, like, hey, go full bore at me. I want to see the jokes. I can take it. You know, and and obviously, there's a line to to not cross. I've I've crossed it a couple of times. Try not to do that as much as possible. But Mm -hmm. You know, I think if I keep it all, you know, fair and playful, it's all in good fun. Yeah, hopefully we'll pull on a few of those threads here in a bit. But how did, uh, why golf? How did you come to golf? What's your relationship with golf? Yeah, so I grew up as a baseball player. I was um, one of the best, like, young uh, pitchers in the state of California. I moved to Utah when I was in high school. My dad transferred for work, and uh, I was, like, one of the best baseball players in the whole state. I was throwing almost 100 miles per hour in high school. And I blew my arm out in college. And so I was unable to pursue that career any further. Got into business, sales, business development stuff. And so I started, you know, playing in a lot of golf events or going out with clients. And I was terrible. You know, I still am not a great golfer, but I was really bad. You know, taking the baseball swing into a golf swing. I'm really competitive. So I just started like self-teaching myself and just playing a lot. I always played with people who were much better than me. That's a slippery slope. That's like self-coaching. Yeah, no, believe me, I, I, there's a lot of work to be done. Let's just put it that way. But at the end of the day, I'd play for money and, you know, I got better. I mean, I ultimately got down to about a seven at one point. Right now I'm playing at about a nine or 10 and could, I, you know, I still want to be a lot better. Just don't get out as much. And I just, I love golf. It's just one of those places where I can go and enjoy the outdoors and enjoy the company. And it's, it's competitive. I like the individual side of it where it's kind of all on me to, to perform and put the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. And I had that hiss a lot stuff. One of my really good friends who was a little older than me had some back surgeries, but he always did the snake prank. And that's just what we called it. And it was just so funny to see the reactions and the stuff. And we'd all get in on it. And uh, about a couple years passed after we kind of stopped golfing with one another because he kind of took some time off. We were like, man, we got to bring that back. So I got this rattlesnake, started doing some pranks, and I got talked into creating a social media page. And 
it just went viral super fast. I mean, the videos are just super funny. I mean, some of them are pretty easy to do. Some of them take a little bit of craftiness. But Golf Channel picked it up. Some of the different pro athletes out there, some NFL players picked it up and started posting the videos. So my page grew very quickly. When and was I this? Never, what year was this? This was like 2014 or so. And I didn't really have a lot of experience in social media at all. So I had no idea really what I was doing. But it was ex- it was exciting to see something that I like doing grow so quickly. And so I just did that for fun. And then, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I just kind of saw in golf like an opportunity to create kind of a platform where, you know, it had some seriousness to it, but a lot of playfulness to it as well, mm-hmm. and just have a d- few different verticals. And so the first opportunity I saw was there's really nothing in there that's golf meme or parody related that really drives at the players or drives at the, the news in the, in the, in the space. And, and I also saw there's a lot of content that just gets shared and reposted by many pages. And so I, what I wanted to do is create something really unique mm-hmm. and different. And, you know, not 100% of what I post is, is all mine. I, I reshare some stuff that people make that I think is great. But I would say 90% of it is, is mine and it's unique. And I think people appreciate that to sure. see unique and creative uh, humor or posts behind stuff. And that's what's helped me grow, I think, so rapidly. Well, how would you go about describing to someone what you do? Social media entertainer, social influencer, social entrepreneur, or a combination of all of those? Well, I guess it's going to come in stages. I mean, right now, I think it was just like entertainer. Now it's kind of becoming into the influencer standpoint where I'm helping, where I'm working with certain brands and stuff. But ultimately, I, I just want to be a platform, a brand altogether. You know, we, we're creating a tournament series to bring people together through golf and social media. We'll be doing four of those this year. The, the first one's actually next week here at, at Cowboys Golf Club in Dallas. And uh, I guess my invitation must have got lost in the mail. It, it, it did. You know, I don't. I, <laughs> my game's not quite yet to where I, you know, want you to see what the swing oh, looks okay. like. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, there's a charitable component of that. We mm-hmm. want to make sure we raise a lot of money for charity, and we use we're doing play yellow this first one, but ultimately the other ones I want to work with players directly. I don't want to have a charity for myself. I want to have a charity that I can work with with different players and, you know, get some hooks into that as well to show like, hey, look, I'm not just after you guys. I want to be part of the community and sure. do good for the sport and for you individually and everything along those lines. And, you know, we've done a lot of video series and we'll continue to do that and also kind of cover tournaments and bring some playfulness to those tournaments as well. Just have some fun. Right. You, you kind of uh, already described the mission map one to three years from now. I guess, is there enough money, and maybe you're already doing this, enough opportunity in social media for, for this to become a full-time gig? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I look at this as in the, in a few years' time, it could be definitely a multi-million dollar opportunity per year through brand sponsorships, through video, podcasts, and then obviously just like travel entertainment stuff. I mean, the opportunities are there. You just have to have that business acumen to be able to put it all together to make sure that who you're working with has an ROI that you're doing good by your partners. And and that's exactly what I'm trying to do. But balancing it where I'm at now by having a good established career where I'm successful has been helpful. You know, I don't have to make bad decisions and do stupid stuff to to get faster or further along Mm -hmm. than where I am right now. So I'm just, I'm surrounding myself around good people, trying to do the right stuff and just go from there and take it one day at a time. So how much time are you directly applying to 
the creative process, the posting, et cetera, uh, as it's still a side hustle is what you're describing. You've still got your career or do you have a team that you're working with now to, let's say, create and cultivate and, and post? Um, I, I do all the posting myself and that's, believe it or not, that's actually pretty easy. I mean, for the most part, you can kind of just tee up what you want to try to do for the, for the week, for the most part with just your general stuff. And then, you know, there's going to be stuff that happens on the fly that you're like, Oh, I got to respond to that. I've got to do something funny with this. And, and that stuff kind of just comes quickly to me. And that's why I've been just successful at it. But as far as strategizing and putting the bigger stuff together, I have started kind of working more with a team of people to help me with that. So that way, you know, we've got video production we have editors we have a team that can work with different brands and strategize and build out those contracts and, and stuff so definitely have brought in more of that to help me you can get somewhere quick by going by yourself right you've heard that right. quote but having you know a team of people you can get further along and that's kind of where i've ultimately landed here in the last you know six months or so right and further along you've gone for sure this i guess the skill of entertainment uh, on social media when it's done correctly a person or a site can go from zero to hundreds of thousands of followers and millions of impressions in a matter of months and the only gatekeepers are really good ideas which clearly you have and the execution of those ideas which you clearly do really well at and i want to tackle both of those starting with the ideas so from an idea standpoint, inspiration, what's that creative process look like? Do you just simply see a picture or hear a piece of an interview and instantly your brain pulls out the one-line caption to give that meme life? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's funny, like these meme pages emerged, you know, 10 years ago or so, some of the bigger ones, and they were just, I just get lost in them sometimes, right? I'd, I'd, I'd see one that I really thought was funny or someone would share with me. Mm-hmm. And then I would just go through like 10 more and I'm like, Wow, like sometimes it hits you harder in a certain mood or the time of day, but you can relate with some of the messages in, in some weird way in your life. And you're like, you just, some of them make you laugh super hard. And, you know, for me now, I've kind of seen enough of them, but I have this twisted sense of humor where I can, I can see an image and I'm like, hey, I can turn that into golf, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's actual golf picture of a pro or it's someone, you know, at work or someone doing something stupid out in the street, like, there's a way you can turn that into some type of golf humor that we all experience when we're playing with our friends or we're out at the range or, or whatever, or just dreaming of playing a round of golf. And, you know, that's been fun. And yeah, I, I, it's just seeing something like that quickly turning it into the caption on the meme itself. But even just the caption you put on the post, a lot of times that could be the most powerful thing that you, you put on the image, right? Sure. And, die over that and share it with their friends and it just grows and becomes more and more viral. That brings me to my next question. Then there's got to be a vetting process. Not everything that you dream up comes to life. I think you've got to, I don't think, I would imagine you have to vet things as they get close to the line, close to the out-of-bound stakes, so to speak. So as a follow-up, do you have like a, a test audience or a, someone, a group of people that red team your ideas? Yeah, I have some close friends that I'll like, hey, what do you think about this? Or do you think this goes too far? You know, because yeah. <laughs> in the earlier stage where you're under the radar, the players aren't really seeing it or, you know, it's probably not being shared as much and you can get away with that. But that helped me grow rapidly because people mm-hmm. are like, holy cow, I've never seen anything quite like this. And but now it's like if I'm posted something about somebody, I'm I'm going to get a call or something like I I posted something about a player two weeks ago that I thought was pretty funny. I did not mean it inappropriately at all. I, I really didn't. I, I like the player a lot. I got a phone call from his agent the next day. Yep. And I was like, oh, wow, I felt terrible because I didn't want to have that happen. I, that's not really what I intended it to be. But now in hindsight, I'm like, wow, I can see that. And I appreciated that. And I took it down, mm-hmm. you know. So there's times where, yeah, like 
I guess I kind of know that line pretty well now where I kind of know myself, but I will share it with a few small group of people. Just be like, hey, what do you think about this? Like too too edgy or yeah. you think this will be funny or not? And just go from there. And in some so. ways you're building the plane on the way down, right? You're jumping out and you're trying ideas. You're road testing the durability of them, the effectiveness of them, and also the appropriateness given the message you're trying to send out there, the humor and the um, yeah. involvement in golf. And sometimes you will cross the line, but the next piece, the execution, that shareable recipe, what do you feel like it is that makes your posts so shareable? Is it, is it the fact that we all experience what it is that you're describing largely in your posts and therefore that key aspect of communication that the message resonates with the receiver is, uh, I guess, struck every time or well, most times? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big deal of it that there's a lot of the stuff, the humor, whether you're a pro or you're an amateur or whatever, I think you can relate to some of the stuff that comes in the post. And then there's a lot of stuff too that's related to a player. I think there's a lot of times people will agree with it privately and share share that stuff with me or even just with their friends, but it's stuff that they may think, but they won't say. Can you give me an example? Well, I mean, like there's some players been pretty vocal about Patrick Reed messing around with the sand and in the Bahamas, right? But like, I'm going to come at him full force and post several things about it and, and make light of that. And you know, I'll do it on my platform on my page. You know, there's been more, I guess that's probably a poor example because there's been a lot of players that have had to be vocal about it, especially those around the President's Cup. But sure. there's been situations like that where I will voice something about a player that a lot of people around that player on the tour will agree with that statement, but they would never publicly say it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that would just be kind of bad for me to, to say something like that. A sponsor wouldn't like that. Or I just don't want to be around or face that player in the future but I agree with you. Like, I'm glad you said something, you know, and I don't think there's been a platform really until now that really did a lot of that stuff and as frequently and as widespread. I mean, I'll, I'll post something about Tiger Woods, like Tiger played terrible at, at the Riv last week. And I made a few jokes about that. And I, I like Tiger and I want Tiger to win every tournament he plays. But it's like at the end of the day, you got to have a level playing field with all these guys. And he doesn't have any, you know, exemption to being memed about. Right. right so sure. But a lot of people hate that, though. A lot of people in the comments are like, I can't believe you'd make fun of Tiger Woods. I'm like, well, it's not just all about two guys here. Like, if you go out and play bad, like, you're going to be subject to some jokes, right? So I think it's just that. I think think I've heard a lot of people are like, these are things that a lot of people are thinking, but no one's really saying. One of the more common questions that we get from Altus clients and listeners is, how do I spin it like a tour player? Well, the first step is to treat your equipment like a tour player, and that means that you've got the right golf ball and you've got fresh grooves. Visit Vokey.com to see the spin research that Bob Vokey and his team have conducted to better understand how grooves wear over time. After 75 to 100 rounds of golf, you owe it to yourself to test your grooves to make sure that they're still getting maximum spin from your wedges. Find a fitter at Vokey.com for a spin test soon. A few minutes ago, we we're talking about kind of learning the boundaries and crossing the line. And along those same, I guess the line or, or question is you've also learned what's successful and maybe there's been a surprise along the way. Is there a post or a type of post that surprised you how successful it was? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, there's some of that you just do not think at all are going to be successful and they just end up being incredibly successful and just get shared and, and do a lot of stuff. I mean, one post that I, I, I just thought of like quickly on the fly one day was, Hey, tag a pro golfer and see if they respond. And that's all I, you know, it was just text on a, on an image. Mm-hmm. Like 
over 10,000 comments. And this is when my account was much smaller and all these pros were responding to people like literally making their day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really cool to see that. And a couple pros even messaged me like, man, my phone's blowing up, but this was kind of cool. You did this. So that was one that I didn't even make fun of anybody. I'd do anything. It was just kind of like bringing people together through it. It was kind of cool to be that, that gateway. Yeah. But there's been some other posts like that have just been super small and simple. Like I did one with Phil when he was, I think it was at Shinnecock when he hit the putt that was still rolling. And I just did a simple joke of him kind of saying no to the rules of golf, but yes to his putt thing. And like, just made it really quick. I didn't feel like I did a good job with it. And then it just went nuts, you know, and that kind of stuff's fun to see, but there's stuff that I've spent a lot of time on editing and think it's just the coolest thing in the world. It's going to be so funny. And it just, it's a dot. Yeah. The internet, you just never know. Sure. Sure. But you've certainly figured out at least you formulated a recipe that, uh, provides for more hits than misses. Certainly yeah. your batting average is pretty darn good. Yeah, I'll what, <laughs> what post gave you the most consternation that should it, or should I, or shouldn't I post before you pull the trigger and, and then ultimately hit post? So I've been always friendly with Michelle Wee, and I just saw this this uh, picture of a giraffe, like, kind of spread down drinking water. I, and I, was, it, yeah. I go, man, that's like Michelle Wee's tabletop putting right there. I'm like, <laughs> I got to do this. And so, like, I struggled whether I want to post because we were cool, but I didn't want to, like, upset her because, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm like, people are – it's surprising to find out who's real sensitive about some of this stuff. And then I've never really gone at an LPGA player or posted something about an LPGA player. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, should I, should I not? And I did it. And she like liked it more than anybody. And she reshared it. And you know, here's the thing, like whether she really genuinely thought it was funny or liked it or not, she handled it the best way. Because what I found is, is if you play along with it and kind of quickly like accept the humor and say something in the comments, it's amazing to see, the following like conform to that that person like mm-hmm. oh that's so cool how you responded like you're such a you're such a stud or you're so great um you're the best and you know it's dead and now i don't want to like make any more jokes about the person because i'm like oh wow like they were so great but then if they comment something super negative and, and come at me it kind of fuels me to like do more in a way and then the, the followers at the same time are like oh my gosh i can't believe they responded this way like and they just attack them in the comments and you know, I don't want a person to get attacked or anything, but it's it's also kind of one oh one, I think, if you're a public figure. Sure. Like when you're gonna put something out there like that, people are gonna respond to it. Right. And uh Lee Westwood and I had some back and forth for like a year. And I was able to meet Lee uh in January at, in Abu Dhabi and we kinda we got to you know, I get to tell him it was me and like we kinda had some jokes in front of each other. It was it was a really cool experience. But the first time I came at him in a joke, he was pissed. I mean, he came at me and he was like, oh, real funny coming from a bloke who lives in his mom's basement and has a tiny dick. (laughs) 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 I was like, oh, my gosh, that was the best comment on my page ever. Like I was so I was so happy because I I think Lee West was great. But the joke was that he hadn't won a major, you know, and I just did a Photoshop. It was him and Luke Donald practicing together and i photoshopped tiger lurking over a bunker i just just put wow 15 major championships in one picture (laughs) those two don't really like that very much but it was funny and that's a sensitive subject for lee and i pushed on it and he didn't handle it very well right and 
but when I got to meet him, like he was really cool. And he's like, Hey, tell your mom, I said, hi, you know? <laughs> In the, yeah. Yeah. When you come out of the basement, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was pretty fun to see that. So he has a good sense of humor. Yeah. The, the English certainly know how to, uh, to cut it up and, uh, yeah, they call it sledging over there, but nonetheless, if Lee's an example of someone who was ice cold or even combative, in response to um, a shot taken at him. On the other side of that, who has been the best example of a player who's leaned into the humor and used it all as almost a means of self-deprecation and therefore has like earned a badge of honor amongst the mob, amongst the fans on social media? Bryson. Like Bryson uh, is easy to meme about. I mean, he just continues to just open up the playbook for people like me to just make fun of him and, and play along with it. And and he knows it, you know, and I spent a lot of time with him in Abu Dhabi and it was, I mean, but he's been, he's been great about it. He'll comment on most of the stuff and he'll, he'll joke about it. And he's made his mistakes of going at people in comments and everything too. And he, he'll admit that, but overall, like he plays along with it really well, you know, and that's the best that he can do. And he's mitigated, I think more drama by doing that, mm-hmm. but he, he's, you know, he's keeping his head above water with it. But he just continues to throw things out there that you just have to, even though I, I've liked him as a person and he's been great on the page, like when he's going to talk about his abs over Brooks Kepka's abs or something, like I have to post about <laughs> Which was awesome, sorry. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> post about that. I'm sorry, Bryson, but he's been really good. I think the problem is some of these guys is they get offended and they respond negatively. And then there's a lot of people who just don't respond at all, Yeah, you know? Or they don't even probably log into their social media, you know, and I, and I understand that world, too. But I think if they wanted to kind of connect at a different level with some of these groups, I think a simple kind of comment and involvement with it, I think, would go a long way. I think and it has for a few people and Bryson included. I think he's been one that has benefited a lot from just playing along with the humor, you know, about the slow play, you know, about you know, the one length irons and just, you know, just different things that make him unique and different from the rest of the pack. And on that yeah. Bryson front, what exactly did you learn about gravity and magnetism from him? Oh my gosh. Well, we did an interview and we were talking about him. Like I showed him some memes and he brought up some science project and he just kept going on a tangent. And I just looked at the camera and I'm like, he already lost me. I don't even <laughs> <laughs> like, stop, dude. This is not why we're here. Yes, exactly. It brings yeah. to mind that movie with that quote. Thank you. We're all dumber for, uh, for knowing that now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So Abu Dhabi had to be a nerve-wracking experience, no? You're meeting these players for the first time, no? Yeah, so there were a couple that I had talked to a ton, you know, even exchanged numbers with or just messaged with back and forth. But I want to say that all of them, yeah, all of them that I met there were players that I met for the first time. So, and it was great because, you know, showing my face a little bit, like they knew who I was kind of coming up to them and stuff. And then we had four or five players that were there, like premier players that we interviewed in the clubhouse. Then the others, we just kind of met up on the tee box and it was receptive. I mean, the only player who was not cool with me really was Ian Poulter. And I haven't really like, believe me, I've gone harder at other people. With Ian, it's just been a little more constant. And I told him, I said, listen, it's nothing personal or anything. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, you know, American. You've been a Ryder Cup assassin, you know, and like, you're kind of the guy who everyone loves to hate over here. Yep. I go, I think you're a great guy. I'm like, and you're a good player, obviously. I just... You know, I go, I'll, I'll cool it with you a little bit, you know, but he, he was, he didn't want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> Ghost he, did want to, he wanted to tell me how he felt, you know, okay. and so 
yeah so i was like all right you know i get it so we talked and that was about that but um yeah other than that everyone was just really cool like mm-hmm. i met sergio and i've made fun of him a little bit for some of the temper tramp tantrums that he's thrown and he couldn't have been any nicer to me obviously lee westwood stuff and then with brooks uh you know brooks i've i've joked around with here and there but nothing crazy but he was really great and went along with everything pretty nicely so yeah, overall, it was, a, it was a great experience, and, you know, there's going to be more of that for sure. Like, I'll be doing stuff here in Dallas with the two stops and be a couple other tournaments that I'll be working, and, nice. you know, we just continue to have some fun. Has it happened, or is it uh, soon to happen, a face-to-face meeting with Captain America, everyone, uh, the man everyone loves to hate, Patrick Reed? Man, so I I have a few ideas around that. I, I've talked to, to Kessler a lot. He's pretty friendly with me, and we'll message back and forth. He seems like a nice guy, and I... Uh, with Patrick, I think it'd be fun to do something with him, you know, and I don't know if it, it could be charitable or it could just be fun, but that guy seems to be missing one big main component. I mean, obviously there's some, some other things missing or some screws loose, but the, the big component I think that he could really have is a good PR team. And man, I just think that could be a huge thing if he's like, Hey, let's go to a golf course with PGA memes and go play three holes or something or nine holes and let's just go beat his ass into the ground and have some fun with them. And, you know, obviously they can control some of the narrative of what's said or done, but have some fun with it and stuff. I think it could be like amazing fun content and do something where he could kind of get back on the front end of the stuff and change the narrative a little sure. bit. Cause he's a great player. I mean, obviously he's going to be around for a long time. He's going to be on a lot of these team, a uh, team events and he's going to be in contention on a lot of events and probably win another major or something, you know, but mm-hmm. Why would you want to go the rest of your career as a young player with everyone hating you? Indeed. You know, it's like, I don't know. To me, it's like, why don't you take a few steps back and think about how you can change the narrative and embrace some of the stuff that you've done that's stupid and just own up to it and then just try to bury the hatchet, you know? And, and I would be an outlet that would gladly welcome that to say, hey, why don't, how do I help, how do I help you do that? Let's just do something stupid together, yeah, you know? I love the idea. Uh, and I just, I don't think that his camp, AKA his wife really want anything to do with anything like this. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll leave that one alone <laughs> since I cross paths with them far more frequently than you have to this point. In terms of like success, when you think of the word success and you're measuring success based on your initiatives, what are the metrics that matter to you the most and therefore your sponsors or brand partners the most? Obviously I want to make sure that it's a win, win, win. And, and I want it to be something that I'm happy and proud of the brands that I work with or partners that I'm working with are proud and excited about the stuff that we're putting out and they're getting some return. And not everybody wants to drive like sales. Like they want to try to get exposure and they want to create fun content. I think that's a big meaningful part in business today is to be a part of viral or just fun content. But I also want it to be a win for the followers too. So, you know, if I'm putting something out there, they're either getting a great deal on a premium product or a good product or they're they're being exposed to something that's fun and, and you know bigger than the game of golf and just like so I just I want to try to find wins for everybody and it's hard to do that all the time, but I'm trying to be mindful of that as much as possible. And but for me, like personally, I just want to create stuff that's fun and, and get good feedback from people to say, hey, that was fun. It was a great like Abu Dhabi was a fun thing for me because the experience itself was fun, but I had a lot of feedback from people that were like, that was pretty cool. Like I hadn't really seen someone have that much access and just do kind of fun stuff with the guys throughout the week and, and, and just bring some playful heartedness to like the tournament reporting and stuff that like, we want to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just like, yeah, impressions and 
views and all that stuff are great. And that's what brands want to see to continue to work with you. And those numbers are there, but it's just the end of the day, I want to do stuff that's pushing the boundaries and, and something that's new. You know, and I really would love to see the tour adopt some of that stuff and embrace some people to come in to the mix to help with that. Everything I've heard is they, they love what I do and they all think it's fun and they're all personal fans, but they're afraid to like really integrate. And so I'm trying to like break that boundary right now. And I'm working with some of the people on some maybe particular events, but I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do it with or without you, you know? So sure. if you want to be a part of some of this, maybe you can help me with a little bit more access or this or that. That'd be great. But I think it's time for you to kind of step up and work with more people to, to kind of enhance your image and the image of some of these players and just the events in general. Cause I think there's a big opportunity to grow the game that's being missed. Speak specifically, if you can, uh, if you're at liberty to do so, on the metrics, the impressions, the follower growth, the engagement, even though they're more uh, secondary to putting out good content. I'm just uh, just scratching my own itch, essentially, just curious to as to the analytics and being able to quantify what success is at your level. Yeah, well, so I went to Abu Dhabi, spent about a week there, and we were able to generate about 10 million impressions at that event, just from my page. And... Yeah, so that was huge, and that was something that they wanted to do. Like, that's really important to like the Abu Dhabi Sports Council there to make sure that their their event is the premier event in the UAE. Um, I know, of course, in Dubai gets a lot of you know eye candy on Instagram because of the views and stuff. But the Abu Dhabi Championship is is a great event, and they've always had a bunch of big names over there in the past. And so it was cool to be able to to bring home those numbers for them and. You know, for me, like if I'm gen- if I'm posting a general meme or post, it's going to get, you know, a few hundred thousand impressions per post. And, you know, for me, you know, those are the numbers that I want to see, you know, and at the end of the day, there's more. I mean, I've, I've posted stuff that gets shared like a hundred thousand times and I've gone private a lot because if you have a unique or if you have a unique or really good username, you have a lot of big names or celebrities following you. And you're private and a lot of stuff gets shared as frequently as mine. It requires the people to follow you to see it. And it's crazy. I'll, I'll grow like three or four times faster when I'm private than I will when I'm public. The problem is, though, is Instagram won't provide you with all of the insights and analytics when you're private. And mm-hmm. so if like a brand deal that's working or anything like that, I have to remain public. And so I'd probably be at like 600,000 plus followers if I had just remained private. But I've just had to, to keep it open and public just for, you know, for those reasons alone and which is fine. I mean, growth isn't everything, but I, I just have this kind of like thing in my head where I want to get to a million followers like that. That'd be like the ultimate just to get to that. That platform would be pretty cool. Yeah. You spoke earlier about PJ Memes Challenge. So we know about that initiative, but there's also another one on the T. I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about on the T and what's the objective there and yeah so i wanted to bring some different video series to the mix and for me it was more important than just having like pga tour players and stuff on there we've had a we've had a couple but we want to i wanted to have you know people who just love golf so like this next episode we're going to air tonight steel lafferty you know he's an action sports wakeboarder he was on the haney project a few years ago and he you know he loves golf and i've played golf with him before he's incredible incredible golfer it's fun to have people on there that can show like their love for golf and what it means to them. And so I came up with that idea and I wanted to be able to have a big reach with it, with a limited budget and also limited time. And so for me, 
I'm like, what better way than to like present each of these guests with a series of questions that they can self-film, bring back, and I'll have my team put together and, and edit it. And sure. it's worked out great. Um, we've got a lot of guests that have been awesome. I think our, our finale will be here in the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to have Macklemore be that guest. And he's got his newfound love for golf, played at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and stuff. So it's it's fun to see like some of these guys come into the sport. But for this year, you know, we're going to have another series or so added. I want to do one with caddies and kind of tell the story of the caddy and, and do some fun stuff around there. Cause I think there's a lot of untold stuff there and a lot of great personalities on the bag that people don't really get to know or get to, to ever see because their player is the one that's always right. in the, in the spotlight. Line. So we're going to do that. And then on the tee, we'll definitely make a little bit of a adjustment for next, for this year. We're going to be doing more like in-person interviews, probably like at the top golf with, with people where I'm, I'm with them on camera and stuff to kind of, mature just a little bit more and you know go from there but definitely have a little bit more angle there with those video series and have some fun with it and you know for me like i said in the beginning it's just it's important for me to kind of showcase that hey golf is way bigger than just the pga tour there's so many people out there that are exactly like you know me and other people who aren't very great at golf but love it and it's kind of fun to see their story and you know a lot of these guests have been awesome just being able to share what what their experiences are and what golf means to them beautiful I can't thank you enough for your time, Travis, and I hope uh, to cross paths with you somewhere here in Dallas or at a tour event sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. We'll make it happen. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about Altus Performance, go check out altusperformance.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Team Altus and Instagram at Altus Performance. Also, thanks to Cordy Walker for his wonderful production work on this and coming episodes of Earn Your Edge. Oh,